Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. What is up, besties? Not much. What's going on with you? How was your, uh, you were at a retreat last week. So I was solo dolo. Well, I wasn't. I actually had, I was like, who can I have on? And I had my, my partner, my brother on. <laughs> I was like, I love we it. actually I had two interviews that both canceled. So I would just looked around and was like, you know what? You come here. Let's go. <laughs> you get in this room. Was Dan in town? He's in town for the launch. Yeah. So he came in yesterday. Oh, so nice. we recorded yet last night. Yeah. It was awesome. a good one. I can't. I can't wait to hear. It. Well, I went to Hair Love Retreat, which is basically a like girls camp for hairstylists. And at this point, I'm like an honorary hairstylist, I suppose. Um, let me have at your bangs, maybe. But it's I, it was so fun. Like I spent the night in a, a room. It was basically like a dorm. There was four girls. And we every single night, I was fucking exhausted. I'm like, I'm going to go to bed early. And then we'd stay up till one in the morning giggling. But I have to share this with, because this just happened today. And this is the time for Dan and any guys and Jim, dad, any of you like fast forward three minutes. Okay. So the girls right before bed, I was like, hey, I was talking about edibles and orgasms. And all, you guys, if you've ever had an orgasm on an edible, it's so, it it's so good. Just, it's the best. It, it just amplifies. So the girls were like, oh, have you heard of this? thing. I don't know, some sex toy. And I was like, you know, I don't really do sex toys. I'm not really a fan of like vibrators or dildos or anything. And they're like, no, this is a basically a fucking clit sucker thing. And one of the girls was like, oh my God, I have one. Yeah, I know. She goes, I have one. It's rose gold. She goes, mine's rose gold too. And they pulled up the link and they both had the same one. So they're like freaking out about this. So I'm like, okay, if two of you have the same one and they are freaking out, I was like, I'm going to order this. So I ordered it for the day I got home. It was like four hour delivery, but it showed up and I was too fucking tired. So this was like five days ago. Finally today, Jeff left the house with his friend and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to play with this thing. I went to my room. This is like an hour and a half ago, y'all. Um, I appreciate that I'm- you did that and came right to this podcast. <laughs> and I'm sorry to Courtney too. But let me tell you, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm going to change everyone's Remind lives. me not to y'all- touch that microphone when I come to your house. Y'all. <laughs> I put it on for like two seconds and I was like, oh, this is just a regular vibrator. Like it's nothing. And then like five seconds in, 10 seconds in, I was like, holy shit, y'all. And I was not even on edibles. Now I'm scared. I'm scared. But this was incredible. You know people are going to want to know the... Uh... It is called 
Wait. The Satisfier Pro 2. <laughs> do you have an affiliate link? Sure I need do. one. <laughs> you know, I will give one to Courtney to put it in the show notes. It's on Amazon. I also got the rose gold one. There was different colors, but rose gold was definitely the best. Um, yeah, I just had to share that. It was, wow. I, I want to change women's lives. You look like, glowing. I, like you're, you look like you're glowing right now. Look at your face. I, <laughs> it's either sweat or maybe I'm sweating just listening to the story right now. <laughs> I've never had... I've never enjoyed a sex toy so much, but holy fuck, that was wild. Yeah, some people like, really love toys. I'm just, I'm not into yeah. it either. No. Also, not, I feel like a clit sucker now. is nervous, like makes me nervous. Because, yeah, you know, you I, always hear those stories about people who like burn their clit off because it's just they, they use so like toys so aggressively <laughs> and then they like cannot yeah. have an orgasm with just normally. Totally. I know, totally. Well, I, I'm a little scared. Um, I feel like I can't use this very often, but it it doesn't like – I thought it would like suck, suck. Like I put it on my – when I got it and it came in the mail, I put it like on my hand just to feel it. And I was like, it's not sucking. So I don't know how it kind of does when it's on your stuff. But wow. all I got to say is – I mean, I'm not going to let you borrow mine, but I might send you uh, one. No. <laughs> Jeff, you got to step up your game. <laughs> no, actually, maybe it's we wild. should maybe, – Maybe not this episode, but – Maybe we should talk about is it okay to masturbate when you're in a relationship? Maybe we don't yeah, even need to do a whole episode. episode on <laughs> the answer, the is, answer yes. is yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we My did. Egg. He's he's gone. He's out for the he's on a hike. And I was like, I'm not going to hike today. You go, and I'll stay home and get myself. Did off. you when you started masturbating when you were younger? Did you feel like a lot of guilt because you were Christian? Oh yeah, because I got caught. I got caught by my mom multiple times and she told me that it was bad and it was a sin. And I, I remember – so I grew up in the Mormon church and you, when you're eight, you get baptized. And so basically everything before you get baptized is fine. Like you can just you, – your sins get washed away. But after eight, like all of those sins like count. So were you seven and when you were so, masturbating? Yeah. I was young. I was like three. So <laughs> – so I remember when I turned eight, I was like, I will never masturbate again because I was like, God's going to know and I'm going to be in trouble. And then when I did, I was I felt so terrible. So they call it repenting where basically you just pray and ask for forgiveness. So like I prayed about it and like asked for forgiveness, but then I do it again yeah. and then I do it again. And I was like, I just felt so bad. Like I, I was like, I guess I'm just going to go to hell or I'm like going to just save up all the times and then repent all at once instead of doing it every single time. Because like, obviously, if you do it every single time, you're not that sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I was super messed up and really guilty feeling about it. Yeah. It did just, you? Yeah, like, for did sure. Did you ever get caught? No. Did you no, get caught? No, no, no. But I... My mom caught me probably like four times. No. <laughs> But I do grow up Catholic and I was super Catholic in high school. And so I would definitely feel so guilty afterwards. I feel so ashamed yeah. and so guilty, which is wild when you think about it because it's like your body. It's yeah. your body. Like you can do anything you want to it. You can get tattooed. <laughs> you can get a piercing. You can but no, jack off as many times as you want a day. It's It's not though. It's not your body. In the church, your body is a temple and it belongs to... I don't know who belongs to, but not you. Because we're – well, at least in our church, we're not allowed to get tattoos. Although for oh. some reason, you could get like one piercing. I don't know. No tattoos, no desecration of your body. So wow. I don't know who your body belongs to, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't belong to you. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Well, I'm pro-masturbation for, for everybody. <laughs> I think it – I'm pro I'm pro all of that. Also, oh, speaking of tattoos, I got two tattoos while I was there. And, um, Did you really? 
I hear love too. Yeah. What do you got? She she always gets these like someone to come out to do these flash tattoos. So I got a little tiny hair love logo because I'm like, you know, I've been a part of this group for so like it's right near my flower, so it kind of blends in. Oh, cool. And then and then I went to the tattoo shop. One of the days they did hair stuff. I'm like, I don't do hair, so I left. And I got a moth, which is a whole story about moths, but but yeah, I got a little moth and it's also kind of hidden within all the other mess of tattoos I have. So you can't really tell, but yeah, I got new, oh, I got two new tattoos. That's <laughs> nice. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long I don't time. I will ever get another one. I have one. I always forget I have it that's too. It. Yeah. You're good. Anyway, so today, uh, we don't want to do an entire story about masturbation, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about policing the internet and something called victim blaming. So you might actually more know, know more about this than I do. I don't know. I was I just thought of you and that's why I sent it to you. One, because I thought this would be a good topic to talk about on here. So the story is I posted something about, I'm right now I'm doing a business launch uh, for a business program and it's for beginners to online coaching. And one of the biggest or some of the biggest hangups that newer online coaches have, and if you guys you know are new or you've been on social media, you know that these are it can be really scary and, and there's a lot of like sort of mindset struggles that come up, things about comparison your comparing yourself to other people or imposter syndrome or not feeling good enough, a lot of like why would someone want to work with me like just a lot of sort of um, self worth stuff and insecurities and it makes sense. You've never done this before. So you have no evidence that you would be good at this. So I posted last week something that was like a little bit polarizing. It actually, it was like really well received, but it said, your insecurities are selfish. And it said, um, you know, if you have something that can help people, if you have solutions for people um, and you're not willing to put them out there, you're doing the world a disservice. So the idea behind it is speaking to people who do have these self-doubts of, you know, who am I to be doing this? And meanwhile, the people who have these self-doubts are qualified to help. They have certifications, they have credentials, they have experience, they have, uh, you know, their own transformation that's like important to share. But because they can't go get over, and all of us have insecurities, right? But like, because they can't get over some of their insecurities, it's keeping them from helping others and putting out their message in a larger way. And so basically that was the entirety of the post. And a lot of people were just like, I need to hear this. Like, it's just a reframe, right? And so we had, uh, I posted on social and I got someone saying at first that she was going to applaud because we all have insecurities, right? But then she realized it was victim blaming. She said, selfishness is selfish, which I think that's the same thing. Telling others to get over their trauma so they can provide for us or others is extremely selfish, toxic, and will lead to harm for many. And so I thought this was interesting and I get, I understand where she's coming from. The idea, like I knew it was a little bit spicy when I posted it. I mean, not that this is, this person is right, but I, I think this goes to a larger conversation around, we've talked about this before, this idea of seeing something on the internet that goes out to hundreds, if not thousands of people and putting your own slant on it. And so this wasn't a post about mental health. And I kind of said that backwards. I said, this isn't a post about mental health, it's about business and overcoming imposter syndrome. And I said, I'm not sure if you read the caption, but it sort of expands on what I was saying, not just this. It was like a tweet post. And then I said, either way, this probably isn't meant for you. You know, just obviously you're, this isn't landing for you, so it's not for you. You know, it's not landing for you. It doesn't resonate with you. It's not for you. And then she wrote, there's no visible context about helpers and imposter syndrome. What I said is not invalid. I And I do work in the mental health field, which is why I'm bothered by this post. 
So I thought it was just a good conversation to talk about number one, you know, what is victim blaming? And, you know, when when is it? Because, you know, at the end I said this day, I actually sent her the screenshots and I said, you know, the last thing I would want to do is for someone to feel bad who was in a victim role, but that's not really what I felt like I was talking about. And I'd be curious yeah. your take on this. I know you've been getting into a little bit more of like the mental health side of things. That's, you know, you're helping people with you know, entrepreneurs and and kind of going in this direction of really understanding mental health. And you've obviously had your own experiences with it and grief and uh, anxiety and depression and all of these kind of things. So I thought it would be a good topic to kind of dig into like, what is victim blaming exactly? And how can we make sure, number one, that we're not doing that unintentionally, but number two, also feel free to post what we need to post to get our message across, you know, so it is a balance. Um, I was just interested in your take on that and like kind of how you saw it. Yeah, it's. I mean, I could. See Have you heard of side. that phrase before? Have you heard the phrase before? Victim blaming. Oh, for sure, for sure. I think victim blaming more often than not you'll hear in cases of and some examples like sexual assault. You know, what was she wearing? Was she drinking? Was she, she was out late for it? Like yeah, she was, she you know, have, oh, she shouldn't have worn that. She was out late. She was out alone. You know, stuff like that where it's like. <laughs> Sure, maybe she was out alone. Maybe she was wearing something skimpy. That didn't mean that anyone was asking. Or, you know, um, we got broken into, and and people were like, "Well, was your door locked?" Like, doesn't matter. Mm. No, it's it's like it's my house, and if someone doesn't live here, they're not welcome to come into my house, whether my door is locked or not. You know, so it's it's those kind of things where it's was your door locked? Uh, did you have cameras? Did you have you know even if your your car was unlocked and it got broken into, it's like still if your car was unlocked and it got broken into, still it was not someone's car. They didn't own it, you know? So victim blaming happens a lot in in crimes and it sucks because it's easy to, (laughs) it sucks when you're on the other, when you're on the side of the one who got hurt or vandalized or victimized because you tend to often do that yourself too. I mean, even for you, when you had your e-bike stolen, like for a moment, you blame yourself. You're like, oh, I should have locked it up better or I should have bought a different lock. Or it's like, no, the asshole just shouldn't take People shouldn't right. take people's stuff. Right. And so I think victim blaming is, is tricky and it happens a lot in a lot of scenarios. In this case, um, I see what she's saying, um, but I also I also knew the context as well. So I think we do have to also be careful when we're going through our own stuff to not take that on and, and make it about us. You know, I can see, um, you know, if I read that post while – so for for my personal example – um, I canceled my launch of Find the Money Project because it was going to start the week we took my mom in for brain surgery. Um, literally, I was getting ready to launch and I just canceled all of it. And I just shut down and I haven't even done Find the Money Project since. And was it selfish to do that? Do people need Find the Money Project? Yeah, they fucking do. But it's like also what took precedence at that point was more than that thing. And so I could have taken it personally and been like, Jill, you don't understand and like giving you my sob story. And at one, it's not for me to try to explain to you. And that's not who you're talking to. And also people have to just go, these are my circumstances. I know when it's an excuse and when it's not an excuse. And I know the audience that you tend to talk to are those ones who are like, they're scared, they're nervous, they're hurting back. It's not because of a big trauma. It's not because something in their life like took over. It's because of their fear. And so sometimes we have to say punchy Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. to get through people's fear and unfortunately, sometimes those punchy things don't take into account all of the things that can happen in our lives. They don't take into account that you just went through divorce or you just got diagnosed with breast cancer or you just got, mm. you know, you just found out your husband had an affair or all of those things. So 
I, I can see her side and saying like, yes, because I put myself in those shoes of if I read that during that time when I wasn't launching, like, yeah, I, I am maybe being selfish, but I also would have been like, well, no, I'm not being selfish. It just is what it is, you know? So I don't necessarily think it was victim blaming. I also feel like in our society, we tend to take a lot of these terms and exacerbate them. So I wouldn't even necessarily say that's victim blaming. I would say it's maybe not taking all the nuance into you know life, but victim blaming, like she's actually, <laughs> if you're not posting, you're not a victim of anything, right? Victim blaming would be you got, you, you, you were a victim, you were assaulted, you were robbed, you had something happen to you. <laughs> you're sending a post. You're not victimizing people by posting on the internet. So we have to like be really careful with how we, how we make words mean things like words do mean things, but somehow we have made words mean many things that they don't exactly mean. And I've seen people do this with, and I saw this a lot during the pandemic where people were saying words are violent and they're like, this language is, is violent. And I'm like, I, I don't think that language can be violent when you're just saying, when you're stringing words together, especially in the way that I saw this. Um, and I really think that we've gotten a little, and I don't want to say we've gotten a little too sensitive because I think sometimes sensitivity is important and I think we do need to be sensitive of things. However, we can't just say we're victimized by a social media post and <laughs> she's not victimized by what you said. I understand what she means by what she's saying. Mm -hmm. I understand that she's saying you're not thinking about if somebody's not doing something because, you know, let's say mom had brain tumor and I yeah. can't post. Okay. That's not the same thing as Danny's sitting there in fear. I have things to share, but I'm not doing it because I'm just worried about what people say. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So ultimately, like victim blaming sucks. And that's a whole big thing. Um, there's a book I just looked up called Women Are Blame Why Women Are Blamed for Everything, exploring victim blaming of women subjected to violence and trauma. And it's like the whole um summary above it was like, she walked home alone. She wanted it. She lied about it. Mm. She comes from a bad home. She should have known. She stayed too long. She, you know, she was wearing something revealing. She should have left. And I feel like that when we say we are victim blamed, <laughs> you're victim blaming white post on the internet, it takes away the true things like this. Mm. When people are truly victims, it takes away from the power of that. And so like, we have to be careful using those kind of words because Someone who's really victim blamed in mm. a situation of a, a crime or a trauma or abuse or any number of those levels, it it like it lessens it, it makes it, it cheapens it. And those are those things we should take very seriously. Like those things we should take very seriously. Your post, meh, like could it have been more sensitive? Sure, but sometimes we don't want to be sensitive. Like sometimes we need to get someone in the gut and they need to hear something that way. And I think sometimes that means a few people are going to take it the wrong way. But the people who needed to hear it, the people who were like, oh, she's right. Like, I, I don't know. I, I read it and I was like, 
thinking to myself, I'm like, she's right. I've been holding back on stuff. I need to share some things that I, I know I need to share. Like for me, it was like, yeah, that shit called me out. Not in a, I wasn't looking back two years ago to when I should have been doing find the money project. No, that I was okay with that decision. But I was like, yeah, this is, it's tough love. That's what fucking tough love is. So suck it up, buttercup. Well, but yeah. And you, also it just, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm just like, and then also I guess I would just challenge everyone to really uh, look at what insecurities are. She was basically mm. saying, when I was saying insecurities are selfish, she was assuming that like you had an insecurity because you had a trauma. She was calling your mm. insecurity a trauma. And I guess I'm just like, everyone has insecurities. We all do. Like no matter what, maybe I don't have them as much in business, but maybe I have them more in relationships or my health or whatever, right? Like, So I don't know. I think I personally think it, it's extreme to say that insecurities are a trauma. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, it's just part of being a human. Like, right? Like, I mean, and anytime you go into the, to a next level of something, you're going to feel insecure. I mean, think about, um, you know, especially if you're in a job that you're good at or you're a great mom or something like that, then all of a sudden you go to the next level or you're like, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to um, start a new career when I'm in my forties or fifties. Like you are insecure because you're like, I was really good at that first thing. And now I'm trying something I've never done before. So of course I'm going to have insecurity. So I actually just look at it like what I was basically saying, and it doesn't it's and I I understand what she was saying too, but it was more just like, is it really? I guess I have a larger complaint slash challenge about saying that something as in my mind benign as an insecurity is a trauma. Yeah, and that it and that saying that people have insecurities that they're somehow um, it's causing harm, you know. And I guess to your point too is we have to take responsibility for what we see on the internet, right? We're there, we're we're following people, or we see stuff on the explore tab. I mean, we have to kind of take responsibility for what we see. And also look at it and go like, is this for me? The yeah. amount of people also just don't read captions and that's something that's never going to change, you know? And so that's what's, what also is a little bit hard. And, but you know, to our larger conversation, whenever we've had conversations like this, these are the reasons why people don't post. This is exactly why. Talk about yeah. a meta example, right? Like this is when you get something like this, that's why these beginners to like to me it was it wasn't really a big deal. I just sent it to Danny and I was like, oh, this is really yeah. interesting. We should talk about victim blaming. But I just let it go. But I think for someone who is newer to online, they go, Well, I'm gonna get called out or I'm gonna get a troll or a hater, or someone's gonna say something or call me out. Like she was calling me out in this post, you know? That and then they don't do it. And yeah. I'm like, but you have so much to share, right? It's like a whole meta example of what we're talking about, which is you have so much fucking shit to share and so much help to be of service to those who are willing to receive it. And you're not doing it because of something like this. I get it. Like what better example? What better What better comment on what better post to yeah. give the example of exactly what we're talking about? And so I do think it's important to to go through the full storyline, right? And be like, all right, this all of this could potentially happen. How do you deal with it? You know, and she I thought it was interesting because I never said her comment wasn't valid. I said, um, I think I responded back and I said, You're a hundred percent right and you're right to see it however you see it. And then yeah. she wrote back and said, My comment is not invalid. And I was like, well, no one said that. Actually, someone said you can feel however you want to feel. Yeah. But also yeah. it's not for you. 
And so, you know, I do think that it goes to a larger conversation about resiliency and also like you were talking about words and also taking responsibility for your own feed and what you see there. And then also like, what is the goal with a a comment like that? You know, it's it's to drive awareness, which maybe it is because we're doing this episode on it. Like, so maybe it does drive awareness to like talk about victim blaming or talk about that in a larger way. And so I thought it was just interesting. And I wanted to talk about that term because it is a valid term in in a lot of circumstances. And the last thing we would ever want to do is to make someone feel bad for being the victim of a crime. But can you really call being scared to publish a post on the internet? Being a victim. Like, yeah, being a victim. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, if you're a victim of your own mind, I guess. I mean, I, I guess I'm trying to put yeah. myself into So she's like, she's a victim of her own securities and her insecurities were caused by a trauma sure. and therefore, and I guess that's like, sure. but it's so many levels to jump there that I, right. it's hard to see how that's, you know, I, I, like, again, I do understand what she's trying to say. And I think that's really it. I think it's, she's a victim of her own mental health issues and those mental health issues were caused by a trauma. And so therefore, blah, blah, blah. However, you know, back to my original statement, it's like when we use those words, when we're saying a post is victimizing you, like how much power are we giving that post or Mm -hmm. what we're seeing when we're, we are choosing to follow that versus someone who got their wallet stolen out of their pocket while they're walking home, you know, and you're like, well, why didn't you put it in your front pocket? Like that's real victim blaming. And, and in that context, like we also need to be careful of that kind of stuff. And I would just say to that, to that whole thing is when things happen to people and this is, you know, something else, um, I've seen this, um, you know, Piper is my doggie's best friend. Piper's mom just got diagnosed with, um, breast cancer and, my first thought was just like, she just had a baby and I'm just devastated. But I'm thinking about cancer and when people get diagnosed is I see a lot of victim blaming there. It's like, were they a smoker? Did Mm. they, you know, Mm -hmm. did they do this? Did they do that with their health? And, and I think we've kind of talked about this before as well, which is in that moment, it's not helpful, you know, just whatever they ate, whatever they didn't eat, um, if they smoked or didn't smoke, what, you know, they, all of those things aren't really helpful in the middle of a diagnosis with cancer. So to say that to someone also doesn't help. So I would say if we're just having this conversation about victim blaming is if you have a friend or if this happened, I mean, if it happens to you, you know, cause it sucks. But if you have a friend or loved one who gets diagnosed with something or gets their house broken into or gets their car stolen or has uh, some kind of assault assault happen to not ask what they were doing or how they mm-hmm. contributed to this and just hold space for them because that yeah. is such a shitty thing. I've just I've had it happen a couple times in the last two years and it's really sucky. And I've seen it like you got your bike stolen, Courtney got her car stolen, I had my house broken into. And every time you just you go down that rabbit hole yourself of already blaming yourself. It's bad enough. And then you have other people you know, like, well, yeah. they're trying to be helpful. I get where it comes yeah. from because they probably want to take away your pain. Right. So they're mm-hmm. like, let's get to the bottom of this. Did you have your doors locked? Like it's more of a, like a diagnosis, but mm-hmm. I, I get exactly what you're saying where you're like, yes, I did. Like, but you're made to almost feel like you did something wrong. Yeah. You know? And what you said about like the person who, you know, like you're, are you exacerbating the, the victim role? 
when you give your power away to a social media post, Hermosi posted this the other day, which granted he's a white man, but still, he said, if you want to see who has the most control over your life, just look at who you blame. And Jade and uh, Danny Coleman actually wrote their book, Next Level Tribe. And in that, they talk about like who actually has the most control over you, even if it's the person who like you you hate, right? Because if you're giving your mental energy to someone that you hate, they still have the control over you, right? If you're still 20% of the day thinking about that person who wronged you, Guess who's controlling the narrative? Mm. Even if you that person's not even in your life anymore, right? Who's controlling the narrative? And so I think this is, again, a larger conversation around how do we take this posts that we do see on social media? And, and I'm definitely guilty of taking posts personally, for sure, or feeling some kind of way or definitely feeling triggered. I think all of us have felt triggered by a post. But then you just go, that's not for me, right? Or like, oh, that's just not – this person isn't for me or that message isn't for me. Or honestly, I just want to unfollow this person because I don't like that vibe. Yeah. But to to feel like you have to be in a position to please, I mean, I think we all do that at, at times, but I don't know that the goal is really to, that you could change someone's behavior. In fact, I think for a lot of people, commenting on your, their posts in a way probably, and especially like yelling at them, <laughs> like they're probably, yeah. they're going to dig, dig in their heels and they're going to do it even more. You know, I don't know that that ever changes someone's behavior. So you have to also ask yourself like, what's my goal with this? You know, what is, is my goal to change the narrative? I would be, I would definitely, and, and I do, I did take this into consideration, but I would be way more, um, what's the word open. If someone messaged me privately and said, Hey Jill, you know, I saw that most recent post and I know, I know what you're trying to do with it, but just so you know, mm. you know, I think it could be taken this way. I would be like, thank you so much. Like you took the time to send me a private message to like really put some thought into it and also, you know, treat me like a human, you know, whatever you're, you're following me. So it would be something like that, that I think I would just respect a little bit more versus like it's just also how you do it too, right? And so then the larger question becomes like, do you want to please the internet? Is that something you want to spend your time doing? Or do you want to just unfollow if it's not or do you, Yeah. Or do you just skip it? Or do you just skip it? And you know yeah. too, it's like, I guess you could be scrolling and something will trigger you for maybe it was a conversation she had earlier that day and then it felt like, oh, see, this is happening again. I feel like we get those experiences that seem to be attracted to us in whatever way they are. And so, you know, you, you give someone grace, but ultimately you cannot, and we've talked about this before, you cannot put every nuance in every sentence in your post. There's going to be like little asterisks, like this is not for someone who is going through a mental health crisis right now. This is not for people who is going through cancer treatments right now. Like we can't go, we can't say all of that. And you just have to know who you're following and what they're talking about and who they're speaking to and why they're saying it. And if she's been following you and maybe, and this is the hard thing about algorithms is maybe she's been following you, but she hasn't seen anything of yours in months. And this right. is the first thing. Sure. So she's like, ah, you know, it's jarring. Right. But if she's been following along, then she would know that this has to do with the other things you've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And so, again, sometimes it's like the context, things taken out of context can be wildly inappropriate because you're just taking a piece. And I mean, they you, they do this in TV with editing all the time, with politics all the time. I've seen, I've seen TV literally take a sentence that a politician or anyone has said, take that sentence and just clipped it, but they didn't bring the front or the back end. So it, it 
completely changes what they're saying. And we have to be really careful about context and what people are saying before and after and what the sentence actually means. Right. And also as a content creator, y'all too, you're in your right to have your opinion. You know, like let's say worst case, like I was like, actually I did mean that in that way. Like I did mean like, look, get over your shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like even that at the end of the day is okay because it's your own personal, then you just go, cool, there might be fallout or there might be like, you're then you just know there might be consequences. You know, you, if you're posting something that you know is a little spicy, there might be something that happens. Watch your engagement go up. Yep. <laughs> well, you had that thing. I mean, you had that post a few weeks ago, right? About talking about, we did an episode on it. Um, the about, y- yeah, you had, I mean, and your engagement was great. I mean, so like, what do they always say? Like, there's nothing, there's no such thing as bad press. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. No, you know, no. people like to get mad and that's okay. Sometimes we want to just make them mad. I don't know. So sometimes that's a good strategy. It's a good marketing strategy. Yeah, it so. is. <laughs> you know? It is well, anyway, it. I thought this is a good one. Interested in what you guys think about this. If you have um, any input, and uh, I'm definitely open to feedback as well. I mean, I think you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, I think you know me and you know Danny and you know sort of where we land on this stuff. But, um, you know, I would be interested in people's take on that. How how do you, how does that make you feel? How does How do you take that? Any feedback for us? About that, let us know. You can always DM us at the Best Life Podcast on Instagram or go to the closed Facebook group by going to thebestlifepodcast.com and clicking on the link to join our free group. Jump in there, start a conversation. We'd love to hear it. That's all we got for you guys today. That's all. We'll see you on the next episode. All right. Bye, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.